It's great to, um, great to see you out here this morning at the uh, early, early service. And um, any visitors, welcome. If you're here visiting from somewhere else, great to see you. Looking around, there might be the one or two visitors. And um, yeah, and, and online, we're online now, live streaming through the camera. Hello, anyone at home. If you're sick, we pray healing upon you right now in Jesus' name and pray that you get uh, heaps out of this, uh, this word today. So if you've got your Bibles, um, turn to, if we get that first slide up there, if you go to that slide when it comes, there it is, Genesis 32, 22 to 29, That'll, we'll get to there later. Um, but for starters, uh, the title, the, the title, as you can see, who, who am I? Who am I? And maybe you've asked that question of yourself uh, in your life. Who am I? What am I here for? How, how do I know who I am? How do I define who I am? And, you know, there's ways we can do that. We can define it in, in the natural sense. Uh, who we are, uh, maybe by our job, or maybe we're at school, maybe we're a sister or a brother to someone, a husband, a wife, uh, a father, maybe we, we work at the supermarket, or, or we're studying, or whatever. We can define it that way, we can define it by our life experience. Uh, I was abused as a child, that, that's who I am, or I've, I've had this this past sin or current sin, and that defines who I am. I'm, I'm a gambler, or I'm, 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 an, angry, I'm an angry person, because that, that's who I am. We can define ourselves that way, and we can define ourselves by things that people have said, or, or things we've heard spoken into our life. Maybe someone said, you know, you're, you're, you're a loser, you're, 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 no, you're not going to amount to anything, you you're not good enough. Maybe people have spoken things into your life and you've received it into your heart and, and your spirit and that's partly how you define yourself. Or, or maybe someone said you, you're a living legend and you think, hey, that, that's who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest. I'm the, I'm the best. You know, there's ways how we can define ourselves but there's one way that supersedes that and transcends Race, gender, experience, the opinions of others, our own opinion of ourselves. There's a, there's a way to know who we are that's beyond that. And that is through Jesus. Because he made us and he knows exactly who we are. And when you hear his voice, he'll speak into your life and affirm who you are and give you confidence and strength in who he's created you to be. So there's only two answers in the, in the spiritual uh, realm, I suppose, that we can give. And the first answer, this is uh, incredibly important, is that if you're outside of Christ, outside of Jesus, that is one answer you can give to your spiritual uh, location. Or you can say you're in Christ. There's only two places you can be in the spiritual realm, outside of Christ 
or in Christ. You can't be halfway in between. You're either outside or in. If we can go to the next slide there. Now, if you are, we're going to start with the bad news. If you are outside of Christ, then there's some serious things that the Word of God says. And we say this, um, we say this today out of love because we want you to understand the truth so that you can make a decision. I want to move from this place that, I, that I'm in, that the Bible says I'm in, into a, into a great place that the Bible says I can also move into. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So that, that's, pretty, that's pretty a pretty sobering thing to, to hear, that if, you, if you're not a believer, if you're not in, in Jesus, then you're actually under a place of condemnation. And then people talk about heaven and hell. And so your destiny currently would be in, in hell, which is a, sh- a shocking place that nobody would ever want to be in. Uh, and then we'll go on to Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. As for you, you were dead in your sins and transgressions in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Now that's a tricky thing to understand, that you are under the wrath. Whose wrath? God's. God's wrath, his anger against sin. Um... That, that's where you stand outside of Christ. And that is, we're imperfect in ourselves. And so we'll be judged according to the perfect, righteous standard of God. Um, but uh, if you're outside of Christ, then as that scripture says, the devil is, is um, leading your life in a sense. The spirit that wor- is at work in those who are disobedient is, is, is uh, controlling your life as such and so but there is there is good news see that's an unspeakably bad position to be in but today right now that's I'm going to give you the solution to, to getting out of that position out of that place because God loves you and he wants you to know and he wants you to move from that place into the place of safety into the place of his kingdom and it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So if you want to change who you are, you can't do it by self-improvement. You actually, the, the old nature needs to actually die and you need to be born again. Jesus said you must be born again by his spirit. There's no other way to enter into his kingdom. You identify with his cross, his resurrection, his death for your sin, his rising again to new life, one with God. And so if you accept the spirit of God into your life, 
you repent, turn from your sins, then your position will change. God will come and meet with you just simply by humbling yourself, saying a simple prayer and confessing that Jesus is Lord. He'll come into your life and rescue you from that place uh, where, you, where you once were positioned into, the, into a better place. And so we've got a uh, prayer that we often pray in the church. And this, this is simply, this isn't... Uh, just I say this and, and, and immediately, you have to say this from your heart, you have to want it, you have to believe it. Uh, and so, you know, if you, if, you, if you know that, hey, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I'm in God, I'm not sure that Jesus has forgiven me, I, I don't know his love in my life, I don't know his spirit, then why don't you pray this, we're all going to pray this together and why don't you pray this as we all pray this out together this morning because we want you to go from that place into the place of, of joy and eternal life with Jesus in his kingdom. So let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. What a great prayer to pray. And you might think, well, I didn't feel anything then. I, you know, I feel the same as before. But, it, but it's by faith. If you meant that in your heart, then trust and believe the word of God that he says, if you confess, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. It's as simple as that. So you've done that. So, so stand on that. And so then we go into... The other position you can be in, outside of Christ, to in Christ or in Jesus. And there's some incredible things. So I'm speaking to people in Christ today. And if you've just prayed that prayer for the first time and you're now in Christ, then all of this applies to you. All of this applies to you. John 5, 24, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. They have already passed from death into life. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And you, have, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God and they will reign on the earth. If you're a believer today, then you're a saint. You're a priest of God. You don't need man to come and ordain you a priest. You don't need to... Fulfill certain requirements to become a saint. All you need to be is in Jesus. You're immediately a saint. You're immediately a priest. You're immediately a minister of the gospel. Equally with everyone else around you right, right now as you sit here today. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood. How much more shall we be saved from, by him from the wrath of God? And it goes on. But we are citizens of heaven. So we've transferred our position from earth to heaven. We're now citizens of heaven. We eagerly wait for him to return as our saviour. Ephesians 1.3, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Every spiritual blessing. So as soon as you come into Christ, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. 
So isn't that incredible truth that we find in the word of God? And but it's vital that our minds line up with this truth because we won't, we won't experience it unless we come into agreement with it, unless we come into knowing it and taking it for ourselves. In 2 Kings chapter 7, there's a story of these four lepers. There's a city under siege. There's four lepers. And they're all going to die. These lepers are outside and they go, they're being besieged by this army that's countless army in the, in the valley. Millions of, of army, like a countless army. And they're starving the city. They're all dying. They're about to die. And these lepers go, you know what, we're going to die anyway. Like, let's go to the enemy's camp. Um, maybe they'll give us some food. If they kill us, we're going to die anyway. So, so let's go. So off they wander uh, into the enemy's camp. And, the, and the, the enemy hears this sound of a mighty army coming against them. And, and they just scatter. They flee. They're in panic. They, and these lepers walk into this camp. And there's this, this bounty just lying around everywhere. Uh, food, provision, weapons, everything. You, everything you can name. And, and, so, and, but, and it was all laying there. It was all available. But they only... Got, they only got to eat it and lay hold of it because they actually went there and found it and took it for themselves and took it uh, into their, their own lives and then they shared it with others around them back in the city. And so you might have a, a long-lost uncle that ha, you, you know, has given you an inheritance of $10 million. You, you, that'd be nice. You might have a long-lost uncle right now. Like literally, you might have, have that right now. He can't find you. He hasn't been able to find you. But it's sitting there for you. But what's that going to do? It doesn't help you right now, does it? Unless you know this uncle, unless you know that that's there, and you say, hey, that's mine. Put it into my bank account, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to use that $10 million for myself. And these things in the Word of God, they're far surpass money. These promises and these gifts and this this bounty that Jesus has far surpasses $10 million. And he's saying, it's there for you. Just look at it. Find it out and take it into your life. Take it for yourself. It's all yours. You can take it if you want it. It's, it's up to you. And the body, and, and uh, in Romans 12, 5, the body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned in, into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, and it goes on. So we're born again into become a part of Christ's body. And so there's this incredible truth that we become part of Jesus' body. So we experience everything that Jesus is experiencing. Where he is, we are. What the Father gives to Jesus, he gives to us because we're brothers and sisters. And so we, we're, we're adopted into his family. The inheritance is ours. Everything that Jesus has is ours too. In Colossians 3, 1 to 4, I love this verse. Since you, have been, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on earth. 
For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, is revealed to the whole world, you will, sh- you will, share, you will share in all his glory. So there's, this, there's a spiritual reality that we all have in Christ Jesus. You are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. You're seated in him because you're in his body. And in Matthew 28, to eight, uh, 28 verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority in heaven and on earth. The devil doesn't have authority above Jesus. Nobody in this world has authority above Jesus. It clearly says that he's been given all authority, which means there's nothing left over for anyone else to get. So he's got all authority, and he's for us, his people. He's for us to be in victory. He's for us to take take ground and, and to win people to him and to seek and save the lost and see people strengthened in him. And in him, he also gives us a level of authority because we're in him. And so if he has all authority and we're in him, then we have the authority that he has in his name. When I, was, I think I've told this story before, but when I used to be a park ranger, um, I, I did a course and I was given um, a, a, a license, I suppose you might call it, uh, an authority to um, administer the laws that applied to the park. So related to fees, you know, doing, putting fire... Uh, having fires at the wrong time of year in the wrong spot or everything that was you couldn't do you weren't allowed to do I was I had the authority to be able to come in and address that situation so I had this authority I'd, I'd been issued the authority that I needed but at the start I didn't I didn't walk in that authority so I'd go to someone in the campground that had a fire going in the middle of summer and I'd be like Oh, hi. Yeah, hi. Um, just wondered if you might, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing that at this time of year. So if you wouldn't mind just putting that out, really appreciate it. Uh, you don't want it? Okay, yeah, no, no worries. Fair enough. Um, here, actually, I'll get some wood for you. Here, let's, let's I'll help you out here. Th- thanks for coming. And so I had this authority, but I was, I was weak in how I, I dealt with it. I didn't use the authority that was given to me but after a while something dropped into my into my heart my mind or something and I thought hang on a minute I have the authority to deal with these situations and so I started to walk in that authority and then things changed and it was like you you haven't got your pass well you're getting a ticket (laughs) this fire shouldn't be here get the fire truck pour you know pour water on it put it out you can't do that and everything changed and people responded because I, I was actually took on board the authority that I had and I walked in it. But I always had it, but it was the, it was the moment of me understanding what I had and starting to deal in that way and, and, and work in that way. Uh, you made Jesus to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. 
And so everything is under Jesus' feet. Everything is under his feet and we're part of his body. So everything is under our, under our feet. In Genesis 32, 22 to 29, I love this story, but Jacob rose up that same night and took his two wives, his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the brook. He also sent over all that he had. And Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for, it is, for day is breaking. But J- Jacob said, I will not let you go until you, unless you declare a blessing upon me. The man asked him, what is your name? Essentially saying, who are you? And in shock of realisation, whispering, he said, Jacob, which means supplanter, schemer, trickster, swindler. He said, your name shall no longer, this is God saying, your name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, contender with God. For you have contended and have power with God with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, tell me, I pray you, what in contrast is your name but he said why is it that you ask my name and the angel of God declared a blessing on Jacob there and so this this story in Genesis with Jacob uh, at this place wrestling uh, and and in there's so there's so much in this but part of what Jacob is wrestling about here is who he is he's like who am I like it, the Bible says that in Romans 9.13, as it is written, Jacob I have loved. So God had loved Jacob. Jacob had already obtained the blessing of the firstborn. It, years and years before this, he already had the blessing. But, he's, but he's, he's wrestling with this, he's wrestling with God, but he's also wrestling with who am I? And he identifies himself as, I'm a schemer, I'm a supplanter, I'm a liar. So he identifies himself with the sin that he has walked in for most of his life, well, all of his life up until this point. And so in his heart, he sees himself, that's who I am. God, you ask me who I am, I'm a liar, I'm a schemer. And if God asks you who you are today, what would you say to him? We just say, I don't know what you'd say, but you'd, you have certain th- things, the ways that you would identify yourself. And you know what? Some of them aren't healthy. And so God in this situation is dealing with this, among other things, he's dealing with Jacob's identity. And it's dark. It's a wrestle. And you know what? If you want to lay hold of, of if we want to lay hold of God's, who truly, God truly calls us, the name of God, who he has made us to be, then there is that process of wrestling. You've got to wrestle in prayer. You've got to wrestle in the word to get a hold of this. It doesn't just fall into your lap necessarily. You have to, you have to, under, you have to look in the word and, and see what it says and wrestle, wrestle with God. It's, and it can be a bit of a dark time. You're thinking, who am I? I want, to, I want to understand who I am. I want to be less insecure. I want to be strong. I want to be confident in who I am. And God wants you to wrestle with him. He wants you to wrestle this out until you get to the point 
when he says, you are contender with God. Or like Gideon, you are a mighty man of God or mighty woman of God. And see, that's who he always was. That's who you are right now. But God needs you to get a hold of that and, and start to walk in, in who he calls you, not who you've called yourself, not who other people have called you up until this point. And so part, you know, part of the reason we struggle, struggle with these character faults, even though we are blessed in Christ, is because we haven't come to terms with who we are in God fully. And you'll notice that after God um, blesses Jacob in this way and changes his name, the way he walks is different. He walks as a new, new man. He walks differently with a new identity. And you'll see in the Bible where Paul, uh, when he addresses the church, issues in the church, you, you've, you'll notice as you read that in all of his letters, he'll always start with, peace be with you, or, or you, you, know, you are God's chosen. He'll always affirm who they are in God, who, what their status is in Christ, who they are in, in God's family, and then from there he'll move on and, and say, this, this needs to change. You're a son or a daughter of God. But he always lays that foundation before he moves on to addressing issues that need to be sorted out. In Romans 12.2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So how are we transformed to understand and know who we are? Through the truth God has spoke to us through his Bible and through prayer. Then we'll understand God's will. And part of his will that is so good, pleasing and perfect is when you understand who you are in him. That is a good, pleasing and perfect thing to understand. That brings joy into your heart. That brings a security and a strength. And you know what? I can do this because he's called me. And that's who I am in him. If he's asked me to do this work or serve in this area, I can do it. Because he's called me that, and that's who I am. And so we'll get the music team to come back up as we finish. And it says, uh, I'll just move on uh, to Exodus 3, 10 to 15. This is uh, God talking to Moses. But now, but go. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But God, Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. God answered, I will be with you. This is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God at this very mountain. But God protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. See, God knows who He is. He said, Moses is saying, Who should I say? 
who sent me. God says, I am has sent, has sent you. I am. God knows who he is. God is secure in who he is. He is the rock. He is unchanging. He knows who he is. And he wants you to know who you are. He wants you to know who you are today. So who am I? I could define myself in all sorts of ways, but I know who I am. I am, I ams. And you need to be able to say that. I am, I ams. I'm confident in who I am. I know who I am. I know who he's called me to be. And if you if you if you're here this morning and, and you you have certain labels or things uh, that that are in you and you they're unhealthy, they're not causing you to to live the life that God wants you to live. They're, they're, they're painful things, they're, they're things that God wants to deal with out of your life and get you to the right perspective and have his word spoken into your life. Um, and so as we stand, stand together this morning with me, we're going to sing through a song. And I'm going to invite anyone that wants to come. We're going to invite you again, uh, anyone that wants to come forward. And we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray. We're going to, God's going to pray uh, through us. Or we're going to, we're going to uh, lay hands on you. Or if you don't want us to do that, we won't do that. But we're going to speak God's word into your life. We're going to speak what He says over your life. And we're going to believe that these things that you might have thought, these things that are in your mind right now, can be broken in a moment of time. And so if, if you will, come forward and we're going to pray with you and agree with you together that the power of God is going to touch your life right at this moment. And these thoughts that are in your head even right now, they're going to change. God's going to renew them and He's going to bring His Word into your situation. And you're going to walk differently from this day, from this very moment forward. So as we sing together, why don't you come forward and pray together?